Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by Wager Lab, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, the professor. I built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes, affectionately known as sideline. Remember about the models in the course of this episode, let's cover all four of the Friday March Madness Sweet 16 games here on March 24, 2023. In case you're new here, make sure you hit up www.pixtheprofessor.com slash new. That link's in the show description. Give some explanations of what's going on about the model, etc. Got the Google Sheet link in the show description for silence projection on every single game. Again, what the money land price should be, what the spread price should be, team totals, all sorts of predictions on there. Remember, this is where we talk about the benefits of Patreon and Black Book Sports is getting all the picks earlier. So again, there's a reason to be on Patreon is that you'll get all this stuff earlier. So if you're with us over there, you're watching this earlier than people on YouTube. So again, there's always value if you're with us there. I remember sports are predictable. So discussion of the show, project typical game. It doesn't try to forecast it to a T is that would be a foolish and impossible goal. Blah, blah, blah. I feel like I've heard this enough, right? Teams get hot. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's the concept that we're, thinking about if we play this game a hundred times, what do we think on average would happen? Sometimes we get the tails of one in the distribution distribution one. Sometimes we get the tails of the other end. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see, it'll be profitable every single day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, by the time we get through with these games, we'll have eight teams left. Every team that has advanced will have won three games. Some will have looked better than others. Um, Entering the sweet 16, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who has been the luckiest team so far that has gotten to the Sweet 16 in your mind? That could be lucky based off of maybe the way they've played or maybe who beat who, who got the luckiest draw. We're talking about good and bad variants, right? Who's been the luckiest team of the Sweet 16 in your opinion? Um, it's hard not to go with San Diego State. Mm. The fact that you avoid a number one seed, get a 16 seed that you're never supposed to see. Uh, but I mean, I also think Creighton, right? Like, their first game, they struck. They had a little tough time with, but uh, you know that was Kennesaw State, I think, right? Uh, no, Xavier. Xavier, they, uh, they wrong Big East school. Uh, either way, Creighton has gotten lucky. You, you're the lower seeded team, but you were probably better than the Baylor team that was coming in uh, because Baylor's kind of neck dinged up. And stuff like that. So anytime you can get like that, and now you draw a 15 seed to to get here, like it's they. I think they got a lucky draw. Um, so you're saying are you uh, saying San Diego State because they got Furman as opposed to Virginia or FAU because they got FDU instead of Purdue? I uh, see. I I would go FAU over San Diego State because okay. one, I don't think I thought Furman was a very solid team, and that was kind of a trendy upset. Like you don't expect to see a team that was like three pages down on everybody's rankings in your second round. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good point. So I think it's, it's, you know, you talked about the team who in the second round got the team that they should have never faced. And then you talked about the team in Creighton who in the third round is about to get the team that nobody ever thought they should face. And that's not to say that Princeton hasn't played well in these first two games. Let's say that FDU didn't play well in their first two games, yeah. but I think it's, I think it's solid selection sure. there between, between FAU, uh, you know, and of course, they'll the difference, I guess, between the luckiest is FAU now gets to run into and they might continue to get lucky, right? And by the time people yeah. watch this Friday, maybe, uh, maybe that game's already I decided. Really sad. 
I could be really sad. <laughs> As a Tennessee fan, you could be really sad. I mean, Tennessee's offense might not show up. FAU might dance right on into the Elite Eight by getting lucky and playing a Tennessee team that I feel like Who is also, good enough def- defensively to beat any team in the country and also can lose to almost any team in the country. I mean, look, and I mean, if you want to trace it out, FAU wins. I mean, you've got what, Michigan State or Kansas State? You're not seeing. You've got the two seed off the board. You got the one seed off the board. You didn't have to see them. You might even get the three seed off the board before you hmm. even have a chance to see them. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Always a fun time of year. Um, obviously, you know, we're coming up from a slightly different angle with totals and we're talking about point spreads as well. So sometimes, you know, you don't have to win to win <laughs> and the gambling world, which always makes it fun. Uh, four great games here on Friday. Before we get to them, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing. Following it's free. If you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball and mobile college football content this channel provides. Again, the Patreon, check it out if you haven't yet. The Discord chat is well worth the price of mission to get access to me, Jake, Cousin Jared, other gamblers talking about other sports, other games, insights, questions, what if this, what if that, what if the model does this? I mean, just all sorts of fun stuff in that Discord chat. And again, early access to everything that happens over here, along with the plays of the day, www.patreon.com slash picture with the professor. Get you more details. But if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. And if you haven't yet, again, sign up with us on Wager Lab. It's a free, completely legal app where you make fake sports bets against the spread, money line, total, doesn't matter. No app exchange, no money exchange in the app. And our pool, if you hop in, risk your free fake dollars and you get top three, you get a money prize. So sign up there if you haven't. Yet, reminder, all total picks are traditional one-unit bets. All Moneyline plays are to return three units. It is the risk plus win equals three, so that the risk is proportionally higher on favorites and dogs. Let's get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. 6.30 p.m. Eastern, San Diego State at Alabama. Um, This Alabama team is really good. I've got them ranked second, but as I mentioned here, really it's Alabama, UConn, and Houston, all top three. According to sideline, it's rounding error as to which one's better. Um, you know, Alabama's more likely to win than not. The model says 73% of the time. We're going to stick to the under, though, under 137. A, have you been watching San Diego State this whole calendar year, it seems like? Once conference they hit, they've just slammed on the brakes. Got two easy unders winners with them here in the first round. I don't see it why I don't see why it doesn't continue. Again, Alabama has tons of pace, but the model projects them pretty well. The last month has been within two tenths of a point of their total projected points. Done really well with them, but nothing can match and can figure out San Diego State with just how good a defense they're playing, how slow they're playing. They know that they don't want to let Alabama get up and running. And again, reminder, Alabama second best defense in the country, according to the model. They are really, really I've been preaching this for months to how good this Alabama defense is. I mean, it, this has underwritten all over. Model says about 134 and a half is what it should be. I kind of think low 130s. I might, this game might not get into 130. With how slow San Diego State plays, how good of a defense Alabama has under, I think is a really strong investment. Jake, San Diego State's sitting out there at plus 280. Model says it should be 267, so not quite to an A grade. But you have to wonder if it's worth a flyer on San Diego State at plus two eighty. You know, you don't don't risk you know half the bank on it, but you know a half a unit maybe. You think half a unit on plus two eighty San Diego State makes some sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look if you if you remember Patreon, you got my future picks, and this is one I had to win, like to win the region, right? Like San Diego State, very 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 good defensively. They've got a really good guard combo with Campbell and. Uh, Chandler or Trammell, like they're very good defensively. They're great, if borderline elite. 
they play slow. Weird things happen in slow games. Teams Alabama has struggled beating, right? Texas A&M, defensive powerhouse, slow offensively. Tennessee, defensive powerhouse, almost non-existent offensively sometimes, but still likes to play slow. UConn beat them. Everybody forgets that. Early in the year, UConn handled. Slower team, slower tempo, defensive powerhouse. I mean, all those are away from Alabama. The only team they beat that was like that, I mean, I'm throwing out the Oklahoma game because that's just weird. Was now, what, again, one of the weirdest games of the year. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I think, stylistically wise, it's not a bad pick to go here to San Diego State here. Do I think it's likely? No. So really limit your limit your risk here. And uh, it's it's what we talk about with baseball all the time. We're going to take some smelly dogs in baseball that are at this price, but we're going to put just a little bit on them, and we aren't going to expect to win anywhere near half of them. But if we win a third of them, we're going to be profitable. That's kind of the concept with this plus yeah. two eighty. It's not an official pick yet, but we told you about Tennessee Duke last weekend, where we said the under was a strong investment. We nailed it, and we kind of said Tennessee. At, I think at the time they were like plus one twenty. We were kind of like, or plus 130, we were kind of like, maybe, maybe, maybe we should. They got the plus 150. We gave that out as an A grade pick on Patreon and cashed it. So, same concept there with San Diego State. I think I could be wrong. You never know exactly where the money's going to go, but I really think money's going to come in on Alabama as this gets closer. People love the favorites. Alabama is a fantastic team. And so I think if that money line price keeps getting higher and higher and higher, at some point, you kind of have to pull the trigger. Just put a little bit on it again. Model thinks they win 22% of the time. So we don't think they win this more than half the time. We're not saying we think San Diego State wins. We're just saying it's worth an investment at these type of odds, especially as it creeps into the 300s and gets towards the mid 300s. It seems like a, like a reasonable play here. If it gets to plus 340, that's where the model would have an A grade pick. But again, love the under either way, especially at a number okay. close to 140. San Diego State's defense, I've got them ranked fifth. Two fantastic defenses. San Diego State's going to slow it down. They're going to slow Alabama's pace down. Alabama's comfortable playing a slower game as well, as opposed to in years past where that might not have been the case. They're comfortable playing in it uh, with regards to they don't, you know, they're, they're not, they've got a good enough defense to do it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so it's not like they're going to be taking crazy shots or whatever. I think it's going to allow San Diego State to stay in the game. And that's why I said I think it's tight. We think they got a chance to pull it off because of that. But, uh, you know, Bama's got a good enough defense that this game slows down. It's just going to grind to a halt, and that under's going to look really good. Yeah, I mean, the, their defense is really fun to watch because it's it's a defense designed not to turn you over, to just make you take terrible shots. They want to chase you off the three-point line, to make you take some contested floater jumper like outside the lane because they know they have a really great shot blocker and Bidiaco back there and not many people are going to challenge him yeah. uh and, and win that challenge it, it doesn't matter how strong you are it's he has got incredible timing on shot blocking so people pull up five feet shorter than what they should have and they end up taking a tough shot Alabama rebounds it and runs it they want you taking all the time off the clock on your end and they score fast just so you have to go do it again and it's Rough and San Diego State's a little bit different in how they attack defense, but I was saying stylistically, San Diego State's perfectly happy retreating early to prevent yep. that break off those misses, which just grinds this game to a halt. That's kind of the way we see it happening, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be an entertaining game just because these two are, these are two great teams going at it. I'm a little sad they have to meet here, but the, the way I mean, I've mentioned this a lot with San Diego State lately, right? They've just been 
quietly playing really well as of late. You've been backing them the last month or two. You've been doing really well. And so it's like you said, it's sad that they have to play now because they've been both teams have been so good to us. Uh, one of them will advance, one of them won't. Uh, 7.15 p.m. Eastern, Miami versus Houston. Now that Houston appears to be fully healthy, at least by the time we get here to Friday, get, got them back in the top three with Alabama and UConn. Get a lay the lumber with them at minus 285. It's a B-plus grade pick. Model wants 278 for an A grade. I don't know, 285, 278, what's the difference? Especially with us, when we add up to get to three, it, it doesn't change what you risk. If we could actually get that minus 278 instead of risking 2.22 units, we'd risk 2.2 two units i mean it's it's really rounding air it's a b plus b plus plus pick right it's basically an a grade pick on houston here in the upper twos model says it should be houston minus 356 if they win this uh 78 percent i'm so sorry i I misspoke earlier uh san diego state wins 27 percent of the time um looked at the wrong line there uh but houston again winning this almost 80 percent of the time um Model says it went by an average of 7.8. So if you want to lay the six and a half, you can. Model wants six for an A grade, though. And I kind of agree. I don't know if I want to lay the extra hook there. If you can get the six, that's better. Houston's just a really good team. Number three in defense, number 12 in offense. Houston's got, uh, Miami's got offense, but they don't have defense. And that's really the difference maker in this game. Jake, I think that's kind of why you like the over in this is Miami's defense, right? The model doesn't say go over. The model says 137. I'm seeing 138, but you like the over in this one. Yeah, like, and the reason is Miami, right? No defense, very, very good offense. Uh, they can shoot lights out, just ask Indiana. They can just all of a sudden just flip a switch, and they are up 10, yeah. 15. Ten, ten points, you blink, it's like, boom, they got 10 more points. You're like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, Omir doesn't look hobbled. I don't know yeah. what happened in that Duke game where he had to sit out the rest of it, but it does not look like he missed a beat. And, he I looks mean, great. He came in. Yeah, absolutely, like, which is kind of what we talked about, right? That first game, he looked, he wasn't hitting his shots at all, but that's what we talk about. When a guy misses about a week, it's typically a week to two, maybe three. It's like that first game, maybe shaky. Second game, usually good to go. And sure enough, he was good to go in that yeah. Indiana game, and that, that really helped them a lot offensively because it allows them to just play with the guards that they want and allow him to, to you know, get offensive rebounds and to just be that, be that presence of that threat down low that make them so that you have to – Come, you know, you can't just come out, right? You gotta, you gotta worry about the inside too. It really puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Yeah, it, it's gonna be fun to see what Houston does to counteract that. I mean, we've got two of the, I don't know, if you're looking at top ten coaches out there right now, these are these got to be on that list. No, yeah. I don't know where you rank them, but they are right there because it is so. It's gonna be fantastic from that standpoint. Uh, should be, I think this is a very, very tight game because I think Miami's got the. Go- the guards and the athleticism to make Houston play faster than they actually want to play. And we've seen Houston at times struggle to get scoring. Like, I mean, look at Auburn, right? I mean, not that Miami's near the defense, but it wasn't so much the defense that they were playing. It, it was offense. They were scoring and were able to control the pace. Well, if Miami gets this pace going, we're going to get a lot of points because Houston's going to play right into it. Miami also plays a little sloppy. Houston forces a lot of turnovers, a lot of points there. Tight game, free throws, great free throw shooting teams. Both these teams, I think, are going to score. I just think both defenses are going to be overmatched by the offenses. But Houston wins this because they have a much, much better defense. And they'll stop. get a few stops here and there every once in a while, and that'll add up. They'll, they'll end up winning the game. But I think there'll be a, a good amount of points. Like I think well, we just need 72-70, something like that. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Jake, you like Houston – I love Houston. 
I like the over. Jake, you love the over. A couple of different ways you can play this. You can also take Houston's team total over because that Miami defense just isn't that good. And we've seen Houston, you know, they play slower on average, but we see them, you know, when they get up 10, they can really grind out a game, but they also have been comfortable in some games playing faster and just running up and down the court and saying, we can outscore you because we have so much offensive talent. Again, they've got the 12th best office in the country, according to my model. So it's not like they don't want to score or can't score. They're not quite like the St. Mary's type that might struggle a little bit more offensively. They got a great offense themselves and they're going to really, like you said, really overwhelm Miami's defense. The other way around, I think Miami's offense is a challenge for anybody, but Houston's defense might be up to the task, might not. It's hard to say. I mean, they're going to, Miami's going to get some points. Of course, they're going to push the pace, but uh, Miami's defense is going to be no match for Houston's offense because yeah. that Houston offense is just too talented and again, fully healthy. Um, you know, you might stop them for a half, but it's going to be really hard to stop them for the full, for the full 40. Look, this is where the pace metric kind of can be a little fool's gold, fool's gold, right? Because Houston forces turnovers, turnovers into easy buckets. That's fast. When they're playing half court and teams are grinding them to a halt, like, because they, they like, they'll take nine seconds to get it to the to mid court, and they'll take nine more before they even move. I mean, yeah. nothing happens until about eleven seconds to go on the shot clock. It seems like, yeah, they hand the ball to Sasser and let him make a play, and he's great enough to carry him. And yeah, apparently at full strength, and we and was just faking that groin injury in the first game. Uh, <laughs> uh, he just came out there and dominated Auburn in the second half. So uh, it's it's going to be an incredible game. I'm so excited for this one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, nine p.m. Eastern, Princeton and Creighton. Uh, look, Creighton probably wins this one. Uh, but I mean, to be fair, we said that against Princeton's first two opponents. I still don't think Princeton's that good. I've still got them ranked 101st overall. Creighton's a really good team. I picked Creighton to go uh, to beat to beat my beloved Baylor Bears, and they had no problem doing this. Creighton team, just the real deal. Really good offense. Really good defense. You know, not the top team, but they're very balanced. I I don't see them losing this again. I didn't see Princeton winning the first two games, but you know, you, it, it's hard to pick against Creighton here. They're favored by 10. Uh, do I want to lay 10? No, the model says 10. I don't I don't think that's why. Do I want to take 10? No, because Creighton could win by 15. So, I mean, I, I think the spread's really a pass. The model says there's a little bit of an edge on the money line at minus 500. The model says it should be minus 549 that Creighton wins this 85% of the time. I don't love the money line parlays. But again, if you're looking at money line parlay, Houston and Creighton, you're not going to get the even money on that, but it's not a bad investment if that's something that you like to do. I don't think the, the money line play on Creighton's bad. As long as you're in the minus 500 to minus 550, I think if you get to minus 600, you're adding more risk than reward. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be playing up to 600, but you know, Creighton probably wins. It's not the wildest pick. They've got a week to see what Princeton did. Princeton had two good, very good wins. Very good. Creighton now has a week to play in that. They've just got better athletes. And, and that's where sometimes it seems like Princeton can really handle a team on that second day. You don't have time to prep. Uh, and that's where I think Fairleigh Dickinson kind of gave FAU maybe all they wanted. Because same thing, FAU didn't really have time to prep for that. But now you got a full week to prep. I think Creighton wins. But the price just isn't that exciting. I'm just not. I, and I'm sure you aren't either, viewer, at minus 500. And I don't want to touch the 10. Total, a decent investment here. We're going to go under 140 in this game. Uh, Princeton had the ability to slow down two really fast teams. Creighton knows what Princeton wants to do, but that doesn't mean you could speed them up, right? I think they're going to be able to attack better, but 
Prince is just go into this real methodical style. And as, as good as this Creighton offense looks, if Princeton slows down the pace, like we think they will, 140 is going to be pretty tough to do. Models is 140, so it's not really a model. It's just kind of watching Princeton play those first two games against those two teams. Even Creighton knowing what they're going to try to do, it seems like it's still going to be hard for this game to get to a buck 40. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like Princeton, hats off to you. This is two great offenses you you brought to a screeching halt. Yep. Uh, slowed those games down, played incredible defense, really physicaled it up, and won the games. You, and it's just I don't see them doing it a third time, right? You got a week week to prep, and Creighton is going to be ready. Like they're they're not going to be looking to the next round or anything like that. They're they're. Like their coach McDermott is gonna be like, hey, hey, these guys won two. They're you, yeah, like, you can't take anyone them. lightly at this point. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's like they they're on the first. Two, and look who they beat. Like if you overlook yeah. them, you, it's gonna same thing happen in Arizona. It's happen to you. Yeah, and uh, Creighton, we've uh, talked about it a lot this year. Very, very, very good defense. Actually, it pro- might rate out still better than their offense. Yes, um, I have. I have their defense 18th and offense 20th, so slightly better. Yeah. Again, very bad, very good on both sides of the ball. Yes. Sides of the court? So, no, whatever. Yeah, either way. Uh, but do you really think Prince's – like, I just don't think Prince's offense is going to solve that defense no. and and slow the game down enough to slow their offense down enough to – like, there's just a lot of that has to go right for this over because you've got to trust Princeton to score and play and then also trust Creighton to score enough to speed Princeton up and then Princeton to be good enough to beat the defense to keep the pace going. It just does not seem like a combo that's going to happen. I mean, Creighton might – Get us to the over, get over by themselves if they shoot like they anything like they did against Baylor, because that offense was just moving perfectly. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. anything you could do. Baylor could have put seven guys out there, and I don't think they would have stopped them. Also, Baylor's uh, defense not, I, and I mentioned this in the show. That was the biggest difference of the game was that Baylor's offense was good, their defense wasn't, and sure enough, yeah, yeah. yeah so I just I really see this having a hard time breaking like one thirty five. I think one forty is a gift. Of note, Missouri's defense, according to my model, ranks 153rd. So, I mean, that that's a – and their offense is good. So, again, credit for them slowing Missouri down. They might slow Creighton down, but they just aren't going to score off Creighton. And that's where I think Creighton probably still wins. But, like, I don't want to lay a minus 600 for sure. And I'm not excited about 500 because if Princeton does defensively to Arizona and Missouri, two really good offenses, they could absolutely accidentally win this game. But, again, the difference is they're playing a really tough defense. They're going to have a really hard time scoring. So it's one of those, like you said, there's just a lot of things that have to go right for the over. And maybe one of them happens, maybe two, but it's like all of them seems unlikely. Again, no locks in gambling, but under probably a pretty smart play. They're just based on what we've seen here in the first weekend from Princeton. And wrapping us up, the last bid to the Elite Eight will be handed out here at 9.45 p.m. Eastern. Xavier in Texas. It's going to take the Longhorns at minus 178. Back them against Penn State. Going to back them here again. It's an A-grade play. Barely models as anything minus 181 or better is an A-grade. It's the correct price. Should be minus 222. The Texas wins a nice 69% of the time on average by 54 they're favored by four right now. Model wants three and a half for an A grade play. I don't know. There's nothing, no other action. So if you if you like Texas, I think laying four is fine. Uh, I'm obviously I'd rather lay three, but you know, uh, y'all know my affinity for field goals um, in, in college football or college basketball. Uh, but if you want to lay it on the spread uh, on the point spread, I think it's fine. Biggest difference in this game, it almost breaks down a lot like the Creighton-Baylor game we talked about, right? Xavier's offense is really good, just like Baylor's offense is really good. Texas was a really balanced team, a great offense and a great defense. The difference is Xavier's defense lags really far behind. Not quite as bad as Baylor's, but 
Texas is just the, the, the real deal here in Xavier. I think they're solid again. And they've played very admirably without Fremantle. In fact, they've slightly outperformed their expectations without him, according to the model. But Texas has also been outperforming their expectations. Part of that time without Timmy Allen, he comes back. Doesn't even matter if he's there or not. They're just looking great. They handle Penn State for the most part. Every time Penn State sort of looked like they were going to come back, they did their thing. The Xavier team... Kind of similar to Penn State, right? Good offense. I mean, uh, maybe not quite as heavy on the threes, but a good offense and not a great defense. I don't see how Texas, you know, has much more difficulties here with Xavier than they had with Penn State. I think they can get out early, stay ahead. Uh, this Longhorn team, really, really good. I think it's bottom line. Uh, total, and this one's 148. Models is 150.7, but both teams have been going under as of late. Been really been slowing on the pace. So um, I'm not sure I'd be touching the total. If it's me, I'm just focused on this A grade pick on the Longhorns. Jake, what do you got? Look, I don't have much to add to the breakdown there. You, you nailed it. Texas, the defense is Texas. Well, thank the defense you. is Texas defense. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's just Xavier hasn't played great defense really all year. That's uh, really been their offensive pace that put the pressure on people. Texas has the offense to go to for tap for them. I mean, the only thing really Xavier has on them is they're a better three point shooting team by percentage, but Texas has been hot in the last couple of games. So, Maybe that continues, uh, but the defense, total different story. I just want to talk about how in the world are we still, still talking about interim coach uh, for the, for Terry here? You haven't been to a Sweet 16 in, what, like a decade? I Yeah. It's, it won uh, the Big 12, finished second overall. Like, what, it's what been you, more than – I think it's me? been 15 years maybe. I think 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think was- that uh, – I think that this is what they needed. I think they were waiting for this. I think it was if they lost there to Penn State, I think it was a little bit different. But I do think he's got the job. Winning the Big 12 wasn't good enough, you know. Apparently, (laughs) apparently not. I think the other impressive thing, right? And again, I've talked about this. My dad's a UT alum and watched a lot of basketball. And one of the things he pointed out is that the play, and you've kind of seen this in talking about him that I've caught wind of this as well. The players really behind Terry. And that, and that matters a lot too, because if you have an interim coach or whatever, and the players aren't really feeling it, you know, there are a bunch of them are going to transfer. They don't want, you know, whatever that matters a lot. The fact that the players really like him, are playing well for him, which is part of it's you got to like him, part of it's you got to play well for him. You need both, right? But they're behind him, they like him, they support him, they're playing well for him. Uh, now that they got to the Sweet 16, even if they were to lose this, I do think he's probably got the full line coaching job. But I don't think they lose. I think they go to the Elite Eight, uh, where it would be a really great game. It gets either Houston or Miami, um, but a Texas Houston to go to the Final Four in Houston would obviously be a fantastic showing. And even if they lose that one, I still think it, you know you can hang your hat and say it's a good season for the Longhorns here. Uh, they've been playing really well, like I said, Big 12 title, uh, tournament title, and should be able to handle a Xavier team. That that Xavier can win, right? Remember, there's no locks in gambling. But when I see Xavier, when they've beaten teams like this, for instance, Creighton in the conference tournament, they they caught Creighton on a night where Creighton went 7-23 from three. Texas has some really good three-point shooters. I don't see them doing going that cold. It's not likely. Uh, they don't quite rely on the three as much as Creighton does. And that night, Xavier hit 41% from three. So it's one of those situations where that's the type of game that's going to have to happen for them to beat Texas. It's going to have to be, they're going to have to hit all their, you know, hit a huge percentage of the threes. Texas is going to have to go cold from three. That happens. That's why we say there's no locks in game. There's good and bad variants. But on average, if these teams play and both hit a reasonable three-point percentage. Texas is the stronger team, and the fact they're more a complete team is going to make it really tough on Xavier for them to get to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I also trust Texas guards more at clutch time, or like even like throughout the game, right, to make the right decisions. I mean, 
uh, the Iowa State transfer Hunter, incredible mm-hmm. point guard. You got Marcus Carr who can handle the ball, makes right good call. You got Sir uh, Sir Jabari Rice, Sir Jabari Rice, yeah, six, six man I mean, of the year there, God. who's fantastic. I mean, what a, what a luxury to have yeah. him coming off the bench. <laughs> Which is yeah, insane. I mean, he was the whole reason they even made an attempt in the Tennessee game. He just was hot, couldn't touch him. I mean, then when Allen goes down, he steps into the starting lineup, doesn't miss a beat. Uh, and then Allen you've got a, a hustle, a back. hustle guy like Cunningham coming off the bench as well, just to be a little and, bunny rabbit running around there. I mean, they've they've really got all the pieces. I think you get another. Yeah, who was fantastic against Penn State. He, you could not say enough good things about him. And, and I think that's where, right, a little bit of a preview of the Elite Eight, if it happens, that's where I think they might run into trouble with Houston because Houston profiles are like Tennessee, and that defense is going to be a little bit of a match for him. But that's not the defense that Xavier is presenting for him. That's why I thought Texas A&M was going to be a really tough matchup for Texas. Yep. I, Penn State exactly. did him a huge favor uh, by, you know, Texas A&M is, you know, showing that strong commitment to not losing to Texas there uh, by losing to Penn State, you know. Uh, really helped out the Longhorns because they really don't want to face that top-notch defense uh, like they might face against – same thing, Miami can do them some favors by beating Houston uh, yeah. and open up the path for them. But, yeah, Xavier not being the defense to stop them going to make it real tough to beat the Longhorns here. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all we've got then today, Jake. Parting words. Yeah, if you've got a ticket to that Houston-Miami, what it was that Kansas City Regional? Lucky mm-hmm. you. I'm very jealous. Also, <laughs> Doug, whoever you are, Doug, you are – Killing it in our wager app thing. Yeah. Uh, we got to get some more people in there to kind of knock him off because man, yeah, somebody join and knock Doug fire. off. Yeah, this is crazy and, right now. And and Doug, if you're watching this, you know, hey, up, I would say up your game. Your game's already been pretty good. Props, but yeah, yeah just, someone someone's coming for you. Yeah. Maybe maybe we can't catch <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, someone come in here and catch him. Right again, yeah. free money on the line if you haven't signed up yet. Sign up with us on Wager Lab. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pixel Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content. Right on this channel, jump right into your feed. And we'll be back for the Elite Eight games, covering those. And then the week after that, it's Final Four coverage, NIT Final Four, and baseball starting up. So a lot of great stuff happening. But until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.